In 2020, I met Nick Ordson, a skilled facilitator who specializes in working with trauma and abuse. I started talking to him about the abuse, harm, and harassment I've encountered throughout my life, at the hands of men specifically, and the damaging impact it's had on me. To my surprise, he didn't flinch. He just took in what I had to say and validated my experience. This was astonishing to me because in my experience, whenever I attempted to speak to men about abuse or demeaning behavior, their response has typically been to diminish my feelings or its impact, shout out in some kind of strange rage, or clam up completely and retreat to silence. I'd never had the experience of a man simply listening and taking in my perspective, until Nick. In time, I began to ask him questions about why men behave in certain ways, in certain circumstances. No topic was off-limits. He would access what he referred to as the collective male consciousness of shadow masculinity that all men are taught to adhere to, in order to answer my questions as best as he could. We jokingly referred to it as our Ask a Dude sessions, and I found them so helpful that I suggested he should set up a table on a street corner somewhere with a sign reading, Ask Me Anything About Men, so women could come to him with their baffling questions about men. That's how this podcast started. We are a group of three women, and we come together with a list of questions for Nick to address. This is not rehearsed. He has no idea what we will ask. Ask a Dude. Three women, one guy, where we get real answers on subjects most men aren't willing to talk about. This is Sacred Truths with Emmy Graham. This is Emmy Graham with Sacred Truths, and we are back with Ask a Dude. And we have our dude again today as Nick. Hi, Nick. Howdy. Great to be here. And our panel of three women, myself, and we have Heather. Hi, Heather. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, Deborah. Good afternoon. Nick, the last time we met, you mentioned shame in our podcast, and you said that's a whole other topic that could take up a whole podcast. And I'm not even sure what to ask about shame, because I'm I'm assuming from my perspective that my take on shame might be very different from a male's take on shame. How do men feel shame when with their mother, their father, their spouse? How is it? I We can only begin to imagine how it might be different from how I feel shame from people. So I think my question is just, what would you like to share with us today about shame? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a big topic. I can talk about my experience with it. And what a confusing experience that was for me because I didn't, I only started working 
working healing shame, my own shame, just a few years ago, maybe six years ago. And when I started working with it, the feeling I was having, I didn't even know what it was. It was just a feeling of um, just like black, like almost just like I was going to die kind of feeling. And it would get triggered around situations that I didn't really understand. It would just come out of nowhere. Suddenly I would be in this experience. And I learned that that's, that type of shame is usually connected to real early experiences, like zero to four, zero to three, like really young, where it just, it's this thing that just kind of eclipses the sun kind of experience. And if we're thinking in terms of trying to understand why a man might act a certain way in a certain situation, if they just shut down completely and can't talk or won't talk and just retreat completely, there's a good chance that that's a likely explanation is that they've had their shame button pushed and that reference to that early shame might've gotten triggered. And that's certainly the case for me for sure. And when I was first working on it, there's a big difference between that kind of shame and something that would come up later. Like one of the big things that comes up that I've heard a lot about talking with men about this is not knowing something and feeling ashamed for not knowing it, but feeling so ashamed that you don't know about it, that you can't ask about it. And that that comes from this phenomenon of that's later in life. That's more like an event, usually with dad, where you're expected to know something without being taught. And you just expect it to know, and then you don't do it right. And then you get, a big bad reaction from an adult for not knowing something that you were never taught. And that's a real common phenomenon that I've heard a lot talking to men about this stuff is that expectation of knowing of this expectation that you would know something with having never been taught and then feeling a lot of shame about that. So I kind of wandered around a little bit there, but those are the two main big important places that shame comes up in my experience is that early shame, which just feels like, like, like almost like an anti-life force. And for example, being expected to know something and not knowing it and feeling too ashamed to even ask. And then where's that going? And that just gets locked in as a forever you don't know. You can't ask. You'll never know. So those are a couple examples that come up real, real often. Is there more to say about the dad piece here? You mentioned this often comes from dad where my impression from what you just said is dad expects you to know something that dad never taught you. Is that what you meant? And if so, can you speak more to that? Yeah, so usually in talking to men about this, 
that's the origin of that. I don't know what to call it. I guess to call it a wound, I suppose. Yeah, where there was some experience. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dad. It would just be an adult, usually an adult man, um, who either expects you to know something, is very impatient in teaching it to you, if they even try to teach it to you. And you have the experience of a very confusing experience of not understanding how you could possibly know what to do, having never been taught, and how you'll ever learn. You're already have messed up so bad that they've lost patience and they're not even going to try to teach you. And then that wound kind of just gets locked in. It just stops there. And there isn't much communication or movement around that. And then that, that wound can really easily be carried into adult life and crop up. If there's a similar situation where you, you somehow think you're supposed to know something and you don't, suddenly you're in that really intense shame place and really intense confusion. And so that can result in lashing out, shutting down. It can produce a result that can not make any sense. If you're observing this guy watching what he's doing, you're like, what's going on with that guy there? I don't understand. Why did he get so mad? Or why did he freak out that much over such a small thing? Or something that didn't even appear to even be a thing. Like it could even just appear that it was all internal and that trigger got hit for something you might not even notice had happened. So that can get, that can get confusing for people who are close to that person, to that man, that can get really confusing because you're seeing these big reactions to tiny things or even indetectable things. So there's, the, that sort of super primal shame. Yeah. And then there's the kind of incompetent, trapped in incompetency shame. Is there any window between those two moments where, where a boy is living in a world where he can make mistakes, where he is safe to not know, where he can ask questions? Or, or does that second moment happen so early also that there's no window such as that? So, yeah, that's an important distinction to make or question to ask. So what this is derived from is how common that wound, that shame wound is for men, at least the men I've talked to about this. And so that kind of being expected to know, not knowing that's something, if it comes up, everybody nods. So it, it starts to, once I see that happening that way, it starts to feel like something, it's not universal. It just seems like so common how, how many men seem to be carrying that wound. But something happening outside that space, it's not impossible. There's lots of, yeah, there's a huge range of possible experiences. Sure, a great coach 
that's really calm and patient and just says, hey, this is how you do it and takes the time to explain and is patient and has some humor with it and explains with an outcome of success instead of some other weird thing where it's a lose-lose for the young person or no matter what they do, they lose. Where, yeah, sure, that's certainly possible. And it's just the other way where someone is carrying this wound of real intense wound of being expected to know and not knowing seems really prevalent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For some reason I have the idea of like a nine-year-old boy, like having his, but I'm making that up. Is that true? Or does that second type, does that start as early as the other one? I'm wondering if there's like some period of time in a boy's life when he's still young enough or something that people aren't having that expectation or he's not feeling that expectation to know because he's young or, or whatever. And that there's like a kind of developmental point when that starts to become a part of his experience or if it's, if it's not, if it's just like, yeah, from time immemorial sort of, I need to know and I can't ask. That's a good distinction. Let's see. Let me think about that. I mean, if I had to give it, put it at a developmental stage, I mean, I've never thought of it that way. But, I mean, nine does sound, sounds about right. And, I mean, the conversation about shame is, has so many facets to it. And there's so many pieces to it. So I'm using this one example because it, it came up and it, came up first for me and it's so common. I'll have to think more about that. Like kind of the five to eight zone, if that maybe has a different character to it. And if maybe there's a little respite in there, but we're talking in real general terms. I mean, this is just everyone's experience. Individual experience is different for sure. I'm not trying to describe kind of rules. It's more just, Wow, does that ever come up a lot? Right. Boy, that seems like everybody goes, oh, yeah, that. Uh. <laughs> if I had to put it at a, I'd say about nine. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it somehow, maybe on average, and that would start to happen more often. Or the expectations would change or something. I don't know. Yeah. Can you, Nick, please explain the difference between the reaction you described when experiencing shame Versus the similar reaction when a man is trying to maintain the system, patriarchal system. Fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'll have to listen to my, listen to my radio here for a second. <laughs> I think there's a lot of wounding that I think happens in the way that we raise boys. In my experience, and this is my generation, how I grew up, what I observed and experienced myself. I'm 57, so that dates me as far as my experience. And I grew up just in one place and saw one set of things happen. So it was limited and subjective. But I saw and experienced a lot of wounding going on of 
boys growing up and the adult men in that in their world. Some of it really bad. And so unless that pain is resolved somehow or those wounds are addressed somehow or attended to somehow, then those are carried. And so certainly my experience was if that shame gets triggered, like the, the real overwhelming one or the more narrative shame, I guess what it's called, like the overwhelming one doesn't really have a story. It just like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like I have to, I'm just done. I have to go lay down. That's the early shame non-narrative. And, or the, oh, I should know and I don't. What am I going to do? That has more of a narrative story to it. Oh, I don't know this thing. That's really terrible. I don't know how to get that information. So I'm just stuck. And when I had that experience, then that's just pain. So I would go into a really intense pain reaction, like shut down and potentially lash out. That wasn't what I did, but that would be easy to do for someone who's, who's just kind of overwhelmed by this pain at that point. So something that would trigger that as an adult, they would go into just this pain reaction. And so there wouldn't be, and I don't know, I have to think about that. If that's a byproduct of an accidental byproduct of misogyny of, or the misogyny programming is that you have men that are just kind of hair triggered pain body. <laughs> you know, they can just get triggered into this pain reaction really fast and just kind of get shut down. If that's an accident or if that's a byproduct or if that's part of it. So I, I would have to think about that. So that's a distinct thing. If that shame gets touched, then there is no narrative about maintaining a social order. That's just that's just someone getting overwhelmed by pain and shutting down or lashing out. I don't see a connection there. But if it's something that the woman does that threatens that social order and there's a real strong lashing out with a certain purpose, like some of the other things we've talked about in this podcast, that's pretty different. I would say energetically feeling that within me, that's a real different energy. I mean, the, this, whatever it is, shadow masculine programming is really telling me to do things to maintain the order. But those shame reactions are just, just kind of overwhelm the system shutdown reactions. So those feel different. Within me, they feel very different energetically. I don't think they're connected. Just to clarify though, but the response seems similar. That's kind of my question. I think energetically they are different, but the response can seem similar. True? For sure. I mean, if you're just observing this from the outside, someone could lash out or clam up. I don't know how you could tell those apart from an, as an outside observer watching what someone is doing or even what they're saying. I don't think you could tell them apart unless 
I mean, there was definitely a time when I couldn't tell them apart within me, for sure. I mean, it, it took a lot of teasing out to figure out, oh, even what shame was and what was going on with that. And then this shadow masculine programming routine, that took a lot to sort that out. So, yeah, it could look identical. Just not, it'd be really difficult to figure out what was going on there. This is Sacred Truths with Emmy Graham, with music by Lemon Music Studio from Pixabay, and with special thanks to our dude, Nick Ordson. This concludes part one of episode two of Ask a Dude. Please join us for part two. Please visit our website at sacred-truths.com. Thank you for listening.